A reminder to our insurance brokers that this episode is eligible for half a CPD point from NEBA. Stay tuned until the end of the episode for details on where you can go to generate your CPD certificate. Welcome to NTI Spotlight, the show that shines a spotlight on the transport, construction, marine and cargo industries, and of course, the people who power them. We're joined today by NTI's Chief Customer Officer, Janelle Green, who's going to chat with a panel of experts about their careers within these industries. Over to you, Janelle. In this episode, we're pulling back the curtain on the industry, speaking to our guests about the work they do and how they contribute to keeping the country moving. For many Australians, the work of the transport and logistic industry is often unseen. Yet, our industry keeps the country moving, ensuring groceries and retail goods gets to our shelves, petrol gets to our service stations, building and infrastructure projects continue moving ahead, and so much more. Today I'm here with Kim Jenkins, Commercial Manager, Pacific Tug Group, Melissa Weller, Director, Industry Relations and Program Management for Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds, Mary Manton, Director and Insurance Advisor for MBM Insurance Solutions. And I'm Janelle Green, Chief Customer Officer for NTI. Mary, let's start with you. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself in your own words? So I've um, been involved in insurance for the last 11 years, but before that I was involved in road transport. I started as a young woman uh, working as a PA doing bookkeeping and that payroll Married an owner-driver and then went into management roles. In about 11 years, I was looking for a change and I turned up as an insurance advisor when an opportunity arrived. It just fitted in nicely with my previous role in safety and compliance. So um, it was really important to me to make sure that, you know, small business has appropriate uh, risk management solutions and that and insurance is very much a part of that and it's something that... I'm very passionate about, I suppose. That's great to hear. Well, I'm pretty passionate about insurance myself since I work at NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics specialist insurer. Uh, I've been working there about seven years uh, full time and I ran claims and projects for NTI for the first three years of my time at NTI and now I'm the chief customer officer, which looks after product, marketing, actuary, data science and our underwriters. Um, I absolutely love it. I love that we're there for the time of need for our customers. I'm really proud of the things that NTI does that is above and beyond the industry norms for our customers. Uh, But I kind of came into insurance late because most people who work in commercial insurance have been there for a really long time and they almost went straight from school. That's the norm. Uh, But I worked in banking for years and years and in product and marketing roles after um, doing an economics and marketing degree. So, yeah, I love insurance a lot more. It's it's definitely, um, I found my home. What about you, Kim? Why don't you tell us a bit about you? Um, Well, I have a long history with Pacific Tug. Uh, My father was actually the operations manager in the first iteration of Pacific Tug back in the 70s and 80s before it was mostly sold off. Um, so I've known the current directors, which are three brothers, for since they were children, actually. Um, I'm actually an accountant by profession, but I spent the first 16 years of my professional life working for the ANZ Bank, which I thoroughly enjoyed. 
then I spent a few years running a little hobby business while I had my children and raised them to sort of school age. And then I was invited to join Pacific Tug by the three brothers that currently run the business uh, as a compliance manager, and that was just over 10 years ago. And I feel you, Janelle, I really, really enjoy uh, what I do. I love the family environment. I like the teamwork, uh, and I feel it's a really good family business and, and a family feel. Um, I moved into the commercial manager's role about four years ago and I can guarantee that no two days of mine are the same. There's always something different happening. I do everything from development and environmental authority applications to uh, insurance, so I do all of the business insurance, uh, to internal auditing, to running and chairing the board meetings and management meetings, uh, internal auditing. So. My scope is large and it keeps it very interesting and, yes, I love what I do. That's great. Actually, we've got a bit of a compliance, audit, health and safety theme going on here because, uh, Melissa, you have uh, uh, some sort of parallels in that space. Yeah, I do. And I probably um, have had the shortest history specifically in trucking out of probably the group today. but. I came from a road safety background, um, but for a local council. So I had some contact with sort of issues of access and permits and, uh, you know, road safety. And unfortunately, some of the the uh, more traumatic sides of road safety that we had in our area, we had the Hume as a major feeder in and out of the area I was in. And, and unfortunately, some pretty horrific truck crashes, which makes you pretty passionate about seeing change and improvement. And um, so I sort of knew enough about trucks from my road safety role to then move into a role with the Australian Trucking Association in safety, health and wellbeing and was there for uh, just over four years. And part of my role there was also looking after TruckSafe, which is the ATA's um, safety and compliance uh, system. So worked with a very passionate board there and, and working with operators as your board is an amazing way to learn so quickly about what's happening on the ground out in the industry all the time and it also gives you some really good mentors and and good phone of friends for for when you need it and i was lucky that um a lot of those people were happy to take a call anytime and there was no question sort of too silly about the trucking industry how does this work i don't get this bit why do you do it that way and you know that's such an amazing way to learn and then so going over to Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds has been a really natural progression because, um, you know, you, road safety is so connected to the individual and how they feel both physically and mentally, how alert we are on the job, uh, all those sorts of things. So um, there's a lot of parallels right from my road safety experience through to the work that I'm doing in mental health and wellbeing now. So. I think it's interesting because um, sometimes I think the transport and logistics industry is one of the world's best kept secrets and um, everyone here has talked about passion and talked about passionate people that they've met or they have a real passion for the role and um, the variety that we experience in our roles. So why don't we just explore that a little bit more and talk uh, about what, what does a day in the life look like for you now currently in your role? You, you shared a little bit, Kim, so let's start with you and then maybe um, Melissa and Mary want to jump in when it makes sense. Sense. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so um, as I said, I, I take care of a lot of different things in my scope of work and um, one of them that was really interesting was the development application and environmental authority approvals we received for our marine base, which is down on at Murray on the Brisbane River. Uh, so that was a really interesting process. I mean, when we bought the block, it was basically a piece of dirt and now it's a um, fully functioning marine industry site. So they do everything from staging projects for things in the Brisbane River, for example, to taking stuff out to Norfolk Island, to um, marine maintenance uh, that, that can be done in the water, um, to our own maintenance uh, team. So uh, that was really good. So I can do those sorts of things. I take care of all of our legal um, matters, including our trademarks and any PPSR registrations, um, our leases. We uh, run a lot of our meetings. So we do project closeout meetings, which are often really interesting. So we go back after we close out projects might be a dredging project or a large tow, whatever it might be. So we um, review how the project went, um, how closely it performed to what our plans were and how we did financially, which is always really rewarding. So, yes, very varied my days are. <laughs> yeah, mine can be a bit the same. You can go to work um, in the morning and think, oh, today's going to be a very easy day and one phone call later and, you know, we could have had some the bottom fall out of someone's world and, you know, you've got disaster on a highway somewhere and we will then respond to that and work with our customers. Um, sometimes we need to go out and, you know, physically be there with the customer to help them through those issues, make sure their driver's okay. Um, and then, you know, you have a small business that buys their first ever brand new truck and you can just see them beaming and, you know, it's remembering to, you know, send us a photo of that truck and, you know, next thing you've got your phone full of um, truck spam with 45 photos but it's just an incredible um, sharing because our business although we're insurance and it's very complex and compliance orientated our first port of call is always pick up the phone and chat because we're dealing with grassroots people that are on the ground they're you know mum is cooking dinner and doing the books and dad's out you know driving the truck and loading the trailers so most often than not, it's pick the phone up and have a chat, talk through the issues. Yes, you need to dot the I's and cross the T's in a letter. But the most important thing for our guys is to know that, you know, there's someone at the end of the phone and disaster doesn't happen between nine and five. So, you know, I remember one Sunday night cooking dinner, a wife rings me, Mary, that truck we bought on Thursday is now on fire in Rockhampton. Um a lot of businesses don't answer the phone after hours, let alone on a Sunday night. So for us, it is 24-7 and that's what I needed when I was an operator. So we make sure that we provide that same service to our customers. So, you know, like I said, one day can be the worst day and the next day, you know, there's a new truck. But for us, it's also making sure that that business continues to operate and the supply chain continues to happen. So... I think that's what a lot of people don't understand, is it, about the transport industry. It doesn't stop. No, it There's doesn't. no weekends. There's no. no public holidays. There's no Christmas. There's no New Year's. We have to keep the wheels turning because things have to get to where they're going. Um, so it is. It's a 24-7 operation. COVID was a classic example of that. You know, like we were all working from home, but our truck drivers were running interstate and couldn't get a meal and all that And how sort of proud thing. were we of the transport and Absolutely. logistics industry during that time? And, and always, like, I really think that um, I was really proud to work at NTI and be part of helping to keep Australia moving and that our customer base were 
um, right. part of that growth and supply chain and, and, and making sure that um, COVID didn't cause major hiccups for our country. So I think it's, you know, the there's just so many smaller operators, mums and dads running businesses, Australian families, it's full of people like that in the transport and logistics industry. You would see that, wouldn't you, Melissa? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where our industry is also unique in some of the sort of stresses that, um, you know, families face because it is very much a community, the trucking industry uh, and transport industry. And I've, you know, it, it, it's always amazed me to see that community spirit uh, amongst all the operators. It's a highly competitive environment, but they're all looking after each other as well, which is, you know, really quite inspiring. Um, I think the one challenge for the industry um, that that you can see when you talk to people is this feeling of obligation to deliver. You know, and that obligation to deliver and follow through on the job and get stuff done and run a small business and raise your kids and all of that starts to put pressure on people and families and individuals and whether you're a scheduler or a driver, like you say, whether you're mum at home doing the books and getting the baz in every month, you know, like it's um, there are a lot of, of stresses going on in the industry and that's where at Healthy Heads, we want to make sure that people actually take some time to be mindful um, of all those things, but also continue to raise awareness that it's okay not to be okay all the time. Yes, you're a business owner and you might be, um, you know, wanting to project a, a good a good image for your team and, um, you know, you want your business to be successful, but we've got to all learn to look after ourselves first um and also to look out for our mates around us and i think there is still that slight sort of toughness to the industry where well it's okay i'm just going to get on with it um and we'll get everything done which is admirable but we've got to slow down a little bit and look after ourselves as well and know how to look after ourselves which is some of the stuff we're trying to communicate to people. The industry is really broad. I mean, it's everything from freight coming in, um, planes, um, ships, ports, all across the road network, in and out of manufacturing, in and out of farms, in and out of um, cities, uh, all over, like, um, ships and it's all sorts of different things uh, that are part of the industry, which I do think is really good about Healthy Heads Trucks and Sheds, inclusive of all of that and inclusive of the entire breadth of transport and logistics supply chain. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, my eyes really kind of opened up when um, I sort of moved from sort of more specifically, um, you know, issues and lobbying around trucking to um, the broader transport and logistics industry. And when I look at our sort of corporate partners and the people that support what we do and enable us to deliver um, to, to the industry, you know, we've got everyone from industrial property groups right through to insurers, to manufacturers, um, all, you know, providing funding to essentially support the availability of those resources, which is amazing. Like there's a lot of goodwill out there from all the stakeholders 
that are both part of the industry, but those that also support the industry with what they need from, you know, from property through to, through to manufacturing trucks, you know. I think that awareness is key, isn't it? And I think, um, you know, it hasn't always been there. These have, all, these have been the tough guys of um, the transport industry, whether it's from, you know, tugboat operators or um, truck drivers or wharfies, whatever. They've been the tough guys of the industry and, you know, don't like to think they might not be able to cope with what's going on. But um, certainly in the last probably seven years, I've seen such a change in people admitting that, you know, I do need a break or I can't do that swing um, or I need to have a chat to somebody and that it's okay to do that. It's been a huge change, I think, in the last few years that we can see. And, um, you know, in our industry where we have, uh, you know, more like a FIFO sort of a um, crew, we have them on rosters working on different projects or doing different tows. We're very mindful of fatigue management. We're mindful that mm. there's uh, ability to communicate with home. And again, that's improved so much, you know, over the last few years. It's not always easy to get communications when you're out at sea. So I think there is a lot more ways for people to look after themselves in the industry these days and to put their hand up and say, you know, we need a hand or something well, needs to change. that's good. The message is getting out and just sure. that needs to be continued for sure. You actually said something that was interesting there um, as well around what, you know, it, what surprised you about um, working in transport and logistics? What do you think um, listeners might be surprised about, about what goes on behind the scenes, What's how much it takes to keep our supply chain um, moving? What do you think our listeners would find really surprising? Well, that if it's not well planned, it falls over. Right. <laughs> that, you know, there's, there's not That's just, a good saying. That's right. Not just one link in the chain. It's it's a huge chain, um, you know, certainly talking from a personal perspective, right from, you know, these are, uh, let's face it, can be very dangerous industries, as we've spoken about. So unless something's very well planned, it can't be very well executed. Uh, so ours comes right back to grassroots planning. So I don't think people, you know, think our crew can rock up to a tugboat that's got to take a huge barge out to Norfolk Island or the Pacific Islands and, you know, they come in, they turn the tug on and off they go. Well, it's not the case. There's weeks of planning and preparation, passage planning, um, you know, making sure everybody's uh, fit, um, knowing that we've got the right qualifications for people that are leaving, uh, that the all the boat is fit for purpose, the barge is fine, we've got tracking, we've got communication, you know, the whole lot. So I think probably the amount of planning that goes into these things um, and it would be the same with a truck Absolutely. driver heading off on a big trip. And more recently it's the supply chain issues like you know once upon a time you could order a truck and have it you know within sort of 18 to 26 weeks. Uh, some manufacturers you order a truck today and that'll be ready for you in three years time so how do you maintain your customer uh, in the in the interim? But I was talking to one of my clients earlier in the week and they were talking um, one of the the CFO was, you know, why did the truck not take that pallet of fruit? And he said, well, you know, Harry, if you go on holidays and you don't turn up for the plane, what happens? And he goes, oh, well, plane takes off. He said, well, what do you want to do? Like this, you know, load of fruit is going to Woolworths or Coles and we're short one pallet. What do you want me to do? Because it's got to go. So I think from that perspective, people don't stop and, and think about, 
like you said, the the planning and the amount of time that it takes because, you know, old mate that's bringing in his pallet of fruit might only be an hour away and it's okay to be half an hour late, but he gets there half an hour late, then it's another half hour before it gets on the truck and then it's another half hour before that leaves. So then we've lost an hour and a half and you talk about fatigue management, that driver is then lost an hour and a half and he's if he's going to Sydney and it's a you know, 11-hour drive or a 12-hour drive, well, you know, gee whiz, he could be out of hours. So all of that planning that goes into getting that, you know, kilo of apples at the end of the week is a heck of a lot and we just don't stop and give that credit. Instead, we ring up the radio station and complain about the truck that, you know, tailgated us or whatever because we were only doing 80 and 100 or, you know, I just have those conversations and fortunately I've trained my nieces and, and that. So we have those conversations now about, you know, oh, I saw this and, you know, like people are just so stupid, Auntie Mary. And it's like, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it's just people don't appreciate what goes into getting that to, you know, and I think a long time ago there was a program that said the only thing that didn't arrive on a truck was a baby and I think that's still pretty accurate. Everything we, we use on a daily basis arrives somehow in, a, in transport. And it's interesting, isn't it, how, how severe the reaction was during COVID when people's lives were disrupted because they walked through empty grocery stores. I mean, people were shocked absolutely shocked that 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 they couldn't just get what they wanted when they wanted it and there's not a broad enough understanding i think just across the general public um, with regard to all the logistics behind keeping those shelves stocked and um you know it'd be it'd be great to see you know a, a better understanding on that and and that's a real self-esteem builder for our industry and you know, we do have attraction and retention issues in the industry. You know, it's facing unprecedented driver shortages, for example, you know, and yet there is a lot of really positive, exciting things going on in this industry. When you look at technology and how exciting that's becoming across, you know, right across warehousing logistics and into the trucks themselves. And, um, you know, I think those are some of the things that we could really sell to younger people looking to enter the industry or to attract them and um, to improve our workplace cultures and um, to make it a really attractive place to work, to look at the job design. You know, how do uh, people in the industry, um, you know, manage the hours they're doing, but also manage their health and their fatigue and get a good night's sleep or a day's sleep if you're actually working shift work, of course, as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that would be amazing to see. Um, maybe, you know, we've had lots of wonderful promotion of paddock to plate and there's an appreciation for farmers and what they do to provide food to us all and the amazing job they do. Um, it'd be really good to see a focus on the transport and logistics industry and the important job they do to get everything onto our plates That's well. interesting, isn't it? Because um, even during COVID, the workers in Coles and Woolies and everything kind of became heroes too because they were the 
faces of, of the shortages and everything. And so you, you had the farmers and you got the um, coals and woolies and the people in between kind of, again, fell through the cracks as far as being recognised as part of that change. Well, I think but, we um, can leverage the reality that um, COVID did show the world why supply chains are so important. And maybe a few years ago, people didn't even use the word supply chain that often. We all were part of the industry and we understood it and we live and breathe it, but um, most people wouldn't have thought of it. And now we've finally got people are talking about supply lines and they're talking about the supply chain and they're talking about how they can't get their car for months or the or things like that. So I guess the opportunity for us to leverage that now um, as an industry is here. And I know we've got the truck show coming up in May uh, later this year. So um, there'll be a lot of attention in in Brisbane on that topic, I guess. Um, One of the things we've been talking about, um, sort of a little bit around the edges, but maybe we go into it a bit deeper, is how it is a people business and relationships are really uh, critical. So, you know, do you agree? I I would imagine you do, but why? Why? Absolutely. Um, You know, insurance for, for my business, the insurance is the soft part of their business expense. So they go, Mary, I'm paying you a fortune, but I get nothing for it. Because when they went out and bought that shiny new truck, they could go out and polish it and touch it and feel it and drive it and feel good about it. But all I did was I gave them a bill and a piece of paper that said you're insured. And then next year, I'll do the same thing again. And if they don't make a claim, they don't stop and think about it. It's just you know, at a business expense that, you know, we just don't like to pay and I'm one of those people too. But when um, when the worst happens, then you're glad that you've got it. But people need to know that you've got their back. And, you know, during COVID we struggled because I am a people business and I do like a chat, if you didn't know. Didn't know. <laughs> um, and, and so it was – I couldn't go and see people. So – what we actually did, because we couldn't have those face-to-face conversations and people were feeling disjointed and, you know, not connected, we actually implemented something called morning tea in a box. So we would, during sort of a few months, we'd just send out like morning teas and things like that to our customers to say, hey, we're thinking about you. Here's a tea bag and, you know, whatever. It was a bit more than that, but you get the message. And one of our customers in Western Queensland rang us up because Emma looks after that for me. I don't actually do it. I get the idea. I'm the ideas woman. (laughs) But um, the customer rang and went, oh, Mary, you remembered that I'm celiac. And it was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Did I? (laughs) Um, And it's just those little things that, you know, mean a lot. And when you're in Western Queensland and you're gluten-free and all of those other things, you don't often get a nice, you know, biscuit or whatever so for that she was like over the moon the fact that someone took the time to understand a little bit about our customer as a person not just as a as a number or an invoice or whatever and we all need to feel that and you know you do a better job when you understand what motivates people and by catching up with a cup of tea or whatever you learn more about their business and then you go hang on a minute we actually don't list this here maybe we need to add this so 
you know, getting to understand people's businesses and what makes it tick then ensures that when something goes wrong, they've got the right, right cover. Right, exactly. Right cover. We um, we certainly have benefited many for many many years at NTI on our close industry relationships and and our close relationships with brokers like yourself who are out there talking all the time with our customer base, our connections with um, transport associations and attendance and events, talking to uh, the end transport and logistics provider or supplier, you get to understand in real what their lives are like. And today is another example because we've been sharing stories about um, what it's like to live and work in the transport and logistics industry. Maybe this should be an ad uh, to help with attention, (laughs) attraction and retention, (laughs) Melissa. Um, But over to you guys, Kim, Melissa, about relationships. I couldn't agree more um, that it is that that it is very relationships based and I think um, one of the things that's really demonstrated that to us at Healthy Heads is been getting out and about with our roadshow truck. Um, so that's a vehicle we use to connect face to face with our sort of key audiences. So we might be at a service station one day, we might be at a warehouse another day or setting up at a trucking operator. and. It's all very light in tone. It's really just about having conversations with people uh, and making sure that they know that there are resources there for them to to access or they can download our app for information, those sorts of things. So it's just a really easy conversation, but it's incredible what that opens up. And I've had some quite personal conversations with people while I've been out and about with that truck. And that's where you really learn exactly what's happening on the ground, what's happening for the frontline workers or, you know, what are their, what do their managers finding difficult about, um, you know, really being able to support them. And, and um, that's how we certainly learn at Healthy Heads what does the industry need? What tools can we provide to, you know, make sure that that everyone's aware of how to gain support and those sorts of things. So, um, you know, those sorts of relationships, yeah, I totally agree. That's, you need to have those so that you're not making assumptions about what people need or what's going on or, or what support they need. Exactly. Communication is key. That's always been one of my things. And I think probably um, the most meaningful part of my job is building relationships with people. Um, you know, it's very easy for me to sit in as an administration worker and, you know, support the guys out in the field. But to have that meaningful interaction with them, to go to site, to jump on a tug, to go to um, a workplace and talk to the maintenance guys, it's really the only way to work out what's happening on the ground and I love nothing more than heading out and having a chat. I I call the tugs the girls, I love visiting the girls and um, the crew that are on board, uh, you know, and I think it makes all the difference to them too to know that we're listening to what they have to say. We're very big on, you know, that 360-degree feedback, so if there's some feedback comes in from somebody on the ground, after all, they're doing the job, they know what's best for the job, if a change needs to happen then they need to push the change through and we need to listen to that. So very keen on getting the whole 360-degree you know, feedback and to make sure that these items are actioned as quickly as possible or not. And if they're not, then there's a good reason why there's not and people typically are very reasonable. Uh, so we can you know, work out what the, the path forward is. But yes, building relationships is key. 
Yeah. You know, always Absolutely. think what, what's the old saying is that you catch more bees with honey than vinegar. Yeah. That's always my go-to is that you try being nice. I like to be nice with everybody, but let's face it, sometimes you have to. Yes. And people might not remember what you say, or but they will remember how you made them feel. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your careers just for a minute here uh, and and maybe tell me a key milestone or an achievement that uh, you've had in your career and this could be also part of our attraction and, and retention exercise with the transport and logistics industry. <laughs> Over to you, Mary. Um, look, I've had been very, very fortunate in my career. Um, I've had lots of awards bestowed on me, but more recently um, in December, as you know, Janelle right. Transport Women Australia honoured me with the Trish Pickering Award, um, which recognises uh, women for leadership, strength and development and mentoring. And all of those are very much core values for me. And that meant a lot, although at the time I was a bit like what? Why would I? Do you know what a career highlight of mine was making that a surprise for you? <laughs> because we were terrified that you would not be surprised, and you were. I was. I couldn't. I didn't understand. So um, yeah, I'm not often surprised. Um, and the flowers lasted forever. Uh, but another thing that gives me great pride is my office. Uh, we started our business 11 years ago in August this year. Um, when I started, the business wasn't big enough to, for me to draw a wage, so fortunately my husband kept me. Um, but now, 11 years later, we have four staff, four full-time staff, including myself. Uh, two of them are my daughters, which is really nice, um, makes for some interesting uh, board meetings. Um, and But going out to industry events now, because obviously we do um, support the industry as a whole, and seeing them uh, network amongst our peers is always uh, something that I'm really proud of and seeing them approach our customers and having meaningful relationships and building those relationships is something that I think is, is really wonderful. So uh, that's always really good. And we had a bit of a bad day at work on last Friday and after work, my eldest daughter was down from Harvey Bay in the office for the week. And while I was cooking dinner, um, she said, Mum, I just need to thank you. And I went, okay, what's that for? And she goes, well, you and Dad did a really good job of bringing us up. And I went, oh, okay, how do you figure that out? She goes, well, you've actually made us really nice human beings because, you know, sometimes you don't always get to see the best of people because when bad things happen, people can, you know, don't always react the way you expect them to. So um, that was a little bit humbling and something very special. So I feel like I did something okay anyway. But... Yeah, so not always, you know, it's not always about your career. It's about you as an individual too, which I think is really important. Absolutely. Boy, I'll live to hear my children say that to me. <laughs> It'll probably never happen again. <laughs> you should have had record on the phone. <laughs> oh, I, I think for me, um, you know, watching this business I've become part of and, and really passionate about and, you know, feel really part of a family grow substantially over the last 10 years to being, you know, just a, a tugboat operator. Not that there's anything just in that, but a tugboat operator to expanding our scope to uh, owning a marine base, uh, running logistics, um, supporting projects, huge projects on the Brisbane River and, and everywhere else. 
um, to building a wharf also in Bundaberg, which is going to provide great synergies for a, a, a blue highway as well as a road highway. Um, and certainly getting our development approvals in place and building a marine base in Brisbane, seeing, you know, from the dirt grow large sheds and um, lots of other buildings and, and have lots of people employed on site and for it to be really busy part of now the, the Brisbane scene has been, you know, really rewarding for me. That would be rewarding. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah, you see it happen in front of your, your eyes, you know, yeah. it's great. Dirt to massive logistics. That's it. Yeah, yeah. amazing. It's a very tangible thing to it touch. It is, you that's touch right. And feel. It's like I said before about the truck. You can go out and feel it and touch yes. it and see it. Yeah. And I'd be very guilty of spamming you with tug photos too. <laughs> I love the tugs. <laughs> Just give me an in and you've got them. <laughs> yeah, look, I... I it's the tangible stuff, I think. Like, I was delighted to have the opportunity to go um, across to Healthy Heads and start working there when the organisation was so young and um, because it's a real challenge to get that brand recognition, to get your initial messages out, to start to get buy-in to what you do, especially on such an emotive sort of topic. And as we've spoken, we've got, um, you know, we've got a challenging audience in that we have an industry uh, with a lot of male workers and a lot of, um, am I allowed to say middle-aged or do I need to say late 40s? <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a really challenging audience. And I think one of the highlights for me has been after nearly two years now is seeing the projects on the ground and getting phone calls from people saying, we want this. Can we have that program? You know, how do I access X? Or, um, you know, and getting to a point where we're almost challenged to meet demand for what we do, which is amazing after, you know, sort of coming in and saying, right, where do we start? Where do we, we've got to get some traction on on, on what we do and, and the tangible things that we're offering to the industry. So, um, yeah, just a, a great opportunity and has been a real highlight. And it's, and it's meaningful work and um, I had a, a phone call um, a few weeks ago from a, a trucking company um, that had a driver in crisis and um, there had been little signs and symptoms leading up to um, the crisis and um, they managed to, to help this person out and connect them to the support they needed but they also rung us as well which was really nice that they thought of healthy heads and recognised us as an information source and they are now implementing longer term changes within their business so that those indicators um, that they saw this time can really be picked up on earlier um, and they were very passionate about that. So to me, that's a major industry result to, to see an organisation turn around and say, right, we're going to make changes um, and, and you know we want to put our people first. It's, it's great. Yeah, I think the work that we do in the transport and logistics industry is very meaningful and we've talked a lot about that uh, today. I think for me, uh, a career highlight uh, at NTI or a thing that we, we're all proud of here at NTI is how our business responded during COVID for our customers. And we did a lot of different things, uh, including you know generous laid-up cover. We uh, got on the phone to all of our parts and uh 
OEM relationships. We're really strong relationships with um, manufacturers to make sure that we would have parts supply in any incidences where we needed to get trucks back on the road fast. We, we already do that and we're passionate about getting trucks um, or businesses because obviously we ensure the transport and logistics industry uh, um, get them back on road faster. We... Um, we spent a lot of time communicating to our brokers about what was going on in the transport and logistics industry. Not all of our um, brokers specialise in transport, so we we need to specialise and provide that information to them. And um, that was just, uh, it was a really fast-paced time. Uh, the industry was um, in a crisis the world was in a crisis uh, remember the rest stops they were you know they were wanting mm-hmm. to close down rest stops to not let people no um, know toilets because they were worried about the spread of COVID and then that's going to that's going to have a whole knock-on impact to drivers knock-on impact to supply chain we were heavily involved in lobbying for rest stops to stay open so that, w- that was uh, an important time I think uh, the recent floods that happened um, obviously in this time last year Year, actually, uh, February 2022 was the biggest um, event NTI's ever experienced for our customers, and we had our, um, customers who uh, suffered d- during that time. And we were really proud of how quickly we responded. First on first on ground in in every location, saw everyone face to face. Sort of taking that theme that you were talking about before, Mary, about um, personal touch, personal relationships. It, we were out on ground. Our repairers were out on ground. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're sort of two bigger ones in recent times uh, that I think have been a that I'm proud to say I was part of. Yeah. Thanks again for listening to NTI Spotlight. For insurance brokers looking to generate a CPD certificate for this episode, please visit partner.nti.com.au forward slash industry podcast one. That URL again is partner.nti.com.au forward slash industry podcast one.